This is the new 98.1 WQAQ, the best DJs and the best music, broadcasting live 24-7 from Quinnipiac University, 98.1 FM, Hamden. They be like, smooth, what? Can you teach me how to dug You know why? Because all the girls love me. All I need is a beat that's super bumping, and for you, you, you to back it up and dump it, get it. Put your arms out front, lean side to side. They gon' be on you when they see you hit that doggy ride. Ain't nobody getting with my bro from on the side. He go by Bubba and he hit that dance like thunder. Okay, I ain't from Dallas, but I need town boogie. I show my moves on the everybody trying to do me. I lead the functions and all the ladies trying to screw me. Now you just do you, and I'ma do me all day. Dudes love to hate, so they try to shoot me. Females be stuck to me, I think they try to glue me. I make the party shine bright when it started glooming. This beat was bubble gum, so I had to chew it. Taste me how to duck, taste me, taste me how to duck, duck. Taste me how to duck, taste me, taste me how to duck, duck. Everybody love me, everybody love me, everybody love me. You ain't messing with my duck. Taste me how to duck, taste me, taste me how to duck, duck. Taste me how to duck, taste me, taste me how to duck, duck. Everybody love me, everybody love me, everybody love me. You ain't messing with my duck. The name is Jean. Yo, that song is an absolute throwback. Yeah, how about a how about a TBT? Yeah, how about a TBT I, on a Monday? Yo, I remember back in middle school, and I, my friends definitely not listening to this right now. But my one of my best friends in middle school, Jacob Beard, um, he was he was a black kid, but he he knew he knew the dance really well. Regardless, he he had the moves. You know, I, I, man, this this kid could dance, and he knew it like down pack. Like, oh my god, like every middle school dance. They would play Teach Me How to Dougie just because this kid knew it so well. And all the girls and everybody would surround this kid and they would start watching him Dougie. <laughs> yeah. This man had the moves, man. He, he would win every dance battle. Can we can we see a Dougie? From out me? of Eric Kerr right now? Oh, God. Teach Me How to Dougie. Oh, okay. He getting into it a little bit. Yeah, 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 it's all right. It's all right. Thank God you guys couldn't see that. Oh my yeah, goodness! Yeah, holy smokes! Hey, <laughs> hey, hey! Easy, take it easy. Yeah, take it yeah. easy. Well, man, I learned it from the best. You know, <laughs> you have any uh, signature go-to dance moves, Jack? Ah, the two-step, the two-step. I listen. I'm a classy guy. I'm a classy dancer when it comes to like you know breaking it down on the dance floor so like you know i i like i used to think i was cool and i could dougie and i could you know whip and nay nay and all that jazz yeah. back in back in high school and then i just kind of realized nah that's not really my footwork isn't the best so i should get into ballroom dancing took a ballroom dance excuse me took a ballroom dancing course here at quinnipiac sophomore year haven't been able to showcase that yet lo and i have not gotten into a situation where i have needed the uh <laughs> the uh the ballroom dancing skills. I'm working on that though. Good. That's definitely uh, it's a life skill. It is a life skill. It is because when you get older, you aren't going to be able to to do the grind anymore. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you You'll, can't do the grind the, anymore. The legs, the legs, and the body won't be uh, fit oh, for it. My so, God. so uh, you went to a wedding over uh, over break. I did. And yes. did you have to utilize any of the dance skills at the wedding? Well, no, because it was a very small wedding. Um, it was only my uh, my mom got married again to uh, who's now my stepdad, Brian, who was a really cool dude. Love him and both my dad very eagerly. Um, but we we had it in a very small. We went up to Ludlow, which is a very it's a familiar it's a town small, to you in Vermont, Vermont. Small town yeah. Vermont. And they had this nice little like castle like in place where. Uh, if you went downstairs from their hotel room, there was like a nice little, 
library area where we had the wedding. And the only people that were there were, you know, obviously my mom, my stepdad, yep. and then his kids and me and my sister. And then we had, you know, grandparents and my cousin Tom and his wife, uh, or yeah, his wife Vanessa. And that was pretty much it. It was, oh, and my uncle Jim and Auntie Nancy. That It was a small crew. Sure. A uh, pretty small crew. So, um, so we didn't really have to do any dancing. The only thing we did is we had the reception entirely in the library. And then we had a nice little dinner in this uh, little private place uh, in that restaurant. So, so there was no, there no, no moves to no be No dancing of any kind. There was a piano player though, but there was no yeah. dancing moves of any kind. They, it was very low key, <laughs> chill wedding. It was. Yes. Have you been in a situation where you've had to break out the dance moves at a wedding? Yes. It was oh. actually for uh, my cousin Tommy's first wedding back in the day. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, you know, around those older 25 year old kids, I had to bust out those moves because of those, uh, you know, the middle school days, I, I, I busted out all the, the good, you know, little two steps and the, the, the duggies yeah, and the, yeah, all yeah. that stuff. And they also, the Cupid shuffle. Can't forget that. Oh yeah. Down, down, do you dance? down, down, do you dance? Yeah. That's a, that's a classic middle school one too. Classic. I'm trying to look. Yeah. So like right now what I'm going to do is I'm going to look on to, into our database and see what kind of cool dance um, ones we yeah. have. Do we if have? you have the cha-cha slide, that's another classic oh, as well. Oh, the cha-cha slide. To the left. To the Cha right. There's no way a radio station has the cha-cha slide, right? Uh, one yeah, hot this time. I Boop. apologize. The WQAQ song database does not have... Um, does not have the cha-cha slide. Yeah, you got some upgrades, either. man. You have like we're working on it. There. We're working on it. We're working on it. Give me another. Give me another pop dance song. Uh oh my god, cha-cha slide. We got we have Cupid the Dougie shuffle. in there. Cupid. Dougie. Oh, Soldier Boy. Is that really a dance move? Soldier Boy. Oh, Soldier, Soldier Boy. Boy in the what is that called? Uh, teach, watch teach me, you. Watch me. Watch. Watch me. Just watch me. I think so. No. Watch me is by Salento. Oh, do you remember this song? Oh yeah, watch me whip. Watch yeah, me nay yeah, yeah, There you go. Exactly. That's another so that, middle school. That one. is that's this that song. That counts. I mean, yeah, that We don't know who you are in this song. No, yeah, you are you are, <laughs> you are the definition of a one-hit wonder, Salento. Now watch me whip. Now watch me whip. Whip. Watch me nay nay. I have yeah, that one's that yep, one's a, that that's one's a a, that's a good that's a good dance song. I can't yeah. I can't think of any other other than the cute Cotton Eye Joe. Do oh, have, yep. Cotton Eye Joe is another one. Yeah. That was one of my best out of the wedding for either. sure. Yeah. No Cotton Eye Joe. Wow. WQAQ, you out here, you caught in 4K lacking on the database. What do you mean what WQAQ? You're the general manager of the station. Pause, pause, pause. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. What, listen, we have a new data. We have a new music package that's coming in shortly. Um... Uh, hopefully, hopefully that gets on the airwaves here in the next week or so. Hey, listen, we got a lot to get to this evening, so let's run the show. But before we do that, I need to get all the buttons up in place. And now we're ready to run the show. Cool and Dre. This is, this is the remix for the city. Let's just start snapping. Crack hit bleak on the jack like let's make it happen. You're listening to the Mac and Main Show. The Red Sox just had one of the most remarkable runs in recent postseason memory, so I'm not mad that they lost in six games in the ALCS. Hosted by Jack Main and Eric Kerr. Jason Tatum needs to stop taking these contested shots. He needs to find his open teammates instead of just taking a fallaway mid-range with two, three hands in his face. Come on, man. Quinnipiac University's number one radio show. The biggest priority for MLB's new CBA needs to be when the service time clock starts for when players are eligible to become free agents. 
streaming worldwide at WQAQ.com. We are streaming worldwide at WQAQ.com. This is the Mac and Main Show. Jack Main, Eric Kerr checking into the booth for the very first time in 2022. Boys and girls, can you believe it? We are at the very end of our college careers, and this is going to be the last semester of Mac and Maine on the airwaves of 98.1 WQAQ. So, folks, make sure that you take it all in. Make sure you check out our episodes every single Monday right here, 8 p.m., on the airwaves of the soundtrack yeah, of we're Quinnipiac. We're going to have a lot of uh, different guest speakers, different sign of segments to make it up to you guys. That This will be the last time. I still can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> I thought 2020, 2022 was such a long gone path from my freshman year. And now and, look and at here us. we are. I remember wow. being a sixth grader and the sixth grade when we went to middle school, we got our we got our school emails for the first time in high school. This was in middle school, right? Yeah. And when we were using our school emails, they would you they like our original our first password was our graduation year. Yep. And that was 2018. And this was back in 2011. We started using our our high school emails. And I remember being like, damn, 2018 is so far away. I won't ever have to worry about it. And now I blink. And I remember that day so vividly, sixth grade. And now I'm here. Syllabus week, mon- syllabus Monday week. And it is, we're talking about the end of college. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It has been a heck of a week in sports. And we don't even have to look at any of the other sports without... Unless we want to mention football. I worded that so poorly. What a weekend it was in the NFL. (laughs) Uh, I mean, everybody was talking about the Bills and Chiefs game. You know, everybody that is a sports fanatic I know of, that was the first topic of conversation. Literally, I walked into my first class of the semester, and Barry Sachs was like, oh, did you guys catch the game last night? And everyone was like, yep, Barry, (laughs) we did. So... Yeah, we, we talked about that a lot. I know we're going to get into it for sure. We are going to get into it. And, you know, our intro, it, it rings so true. Jason Tatum needs to stop taking contested shots. That guy's looking like he's going to be traded in the offseason. And the Major League Baseball is finally back to the negotiating table uh, when it comes down to uh, finding a new CBA agreement. We're going to get to all of that and more, but we have to start off with the week end in the NFL. Four upsets. So far this postseason, it has been one of the best postseasons to memory, at least in my lifetime, and quite and quite possibly of all time. It is without a doubt been an exciting time to be a football fan. Yeah, I mean, with the exception of the you know the the Cowboys and 49ers game, the wild card round was almost snooze fest. There's a lot of blowouts, a lot of you yep. know. Games that we expected to see the result come out in a certain way. And then this weekend, this divisional round was absolutely crazy. I mean, obviously we talked about Bill's Chiefs, but the Rams and uh, Bucks became an instant classic within the last like four minutes of the game. Yeah. Crazy. And, and the Chiefs and uh, Chiefs and Bills became an instant classic. And even the 49ers Packers instant classic as well. Yeah. We have seen more upsets in this NFL playoffs than we have in the last Two NFL playoffs combined, which is absolutely insane to think about. We had, of course, Niners, Cowboys. Uh, we had Titans. We had Bengals over the Titans. And we had 49ers again over the Packers. And we had Rams over the Buccaneers. What a, what a, what a series of upsets. Five upsets 
just in this NFL playoffs alone. And they have all come down to the last possession. Oftentimes, it's been the kickers who have been deciding these games in overtime and with time expiring in the fourth quarter. So the big controversial topic on Monday is going to be what should the NFL do about these overtime rules? Because clearly they aren't working. It's making a lot of people upset, and quite frankly, they just don't make a ton of sense. So I'm going to pose the question to you first, Eric. A, do you believe the NFL overtime is good as it is? And B, what do you believe is going to be the best alternative if you don't believe that if, it's great rules? If uh, this Sunday didn't prove it earlier, then... Definitely other games have proved it earlier, and this one definitely just solidified that. The biggest example in recent memory we could talk about is this Bills-Chiefs game and the 2018 AFC Championship game of the Patriots and Chiefs. And we can also point to the Super Bowl in 2016. Yes, exactly. Because it, it just doesn't give the other team a chance that doesn't win the coin toss. The fact that, that such a great game comes down to one flip of the coin is just unreasonable, unfair. And I'm even saying this as a a Patriots fan who watched it happen to Tom Brady to help him get to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs a few years ago. You know, you could see Josh Allen maybe getting a chance at trying to get Mahomes back and vice versa for Mahomes getting back at Brady next year because, heck, if he won the coin toss, he probably would have gone done the same thing uh, in that 2018 year. And I look at the stats, too. We talked about this in our, my sports journalism class today. Uh, of the 11 times that a team has won the coin toss in the playoffs— 10 of those 11 times, which is over 90%, Jack, mm -hmm. have drove down the field and won it off of a touchdown. So that stat alone shows that it's unfair, besides just my own personal opinion. Yep. And I think an easy alter and fix this is to simply just, regardless of what happens from the first drive, touchdown or field goal, give the second team a chance. And if they can't get a touchdown on that second drive, then they lose. I don't understand why... The NFL feels like their overtime rules are okay as they are. And well, this will change it. Exactly. And we've seen this too many times now where we see great teams, their seasons fall, and they don't even have an opportunity to possess the ball. This isn't baseball. This isn't this isn't a sport where the defense controls the pace of the game. In an offensive driven sport, you can't just not give a team an equal opportunity to win the game. Getting turnovers on defense is so hard. I don't know what the percentages of of passes and 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 positive are of the 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 total percentage of plays that end up in in over and turnovers. And now you're not even giving an opportunity to the other to the other team to to go out and give their unit an opportunity to score. Yeah, yeah. And, and so it it just doesn't make any sense. And for it to end, it can end on a touchdown, but it can't end on a field goal in the first possession. And in you know they try to make it equal by saying, oh well, the 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 defense can get a safety. We see three safeties a year in the entire season, so I you can't just say safeties are equivalent to a touchdown. The offenses are growing, and they're only going to get bigger because you look at all these teams and with the immense quarterback play that's evolving with guys like Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, who literally got the football down in a field goal range in a matter of 13 seconds, mind you. The spread offenses are changing the game of football as we speak, and the offenses are only going to get bigger and better down the line, which is going to make that winning that coin toss such a greater advantage mm -hmm. as we go forward. Imagine if in extra innings of baseball, 
the first team to score, even if it's the away team, they win. Imagine in basketball, yeah. you win the tip off in overtime. They get a basket. They win. They don't even yeah. get a chance. They, they don't get a chance to rebuttal. Yeah. How does it make sense what the NFL is doing? And how have they been getting away with it? And you're right. We have benefited from this as Patriot fans. We look back at that 2018 AFC Championship game. We look back at the 2016 Super Bowl, and we are so thankful that those ended up in the Patriots' favor. However, it has shown to be more of a negative impact on the NFL that it if you are a fan of football, you want to see this rule get changed just for the sake of the health of the league. The NFL is also the only professional sport in America that allows ties which is a totally different conversation, but it falls into that same overtime that same overtime conversation. How should the NFL handle overtime? How should the NFL handle games that end yeah. in ties? I think the NHL, the NHL also has ties too, I believe. I know no, they're going they, they know they go into a shootout, but I think that the the winning team of that shootout still gets a tie, if I'm not mistaken. No, they get a win. You sure? Yeah. Absolutely. The NHL does not have ties. Well, I'll have to double check that. But uh what was I gonna say? Oh, also, it's not just us reporters that believe the the fact about or the, not the opinion about overtime rules. You look at Andy Reid, who just won that game. I saw in the news that he also doesn't agree with the overtime rules. So it's not us. It's coaches. It's players that want this changed. And when you see a coach and, and multiple players come out on, on the media and say this kind of thing, then that inspires the league to go out and respond and i think that definitely this game is a another sign of a response uh in the offseason i'm hopeful that they will address this and prevent this kind of competition being ended in this kind of way in the future so the nfl uh, the, excuse me the nhl did have ties up until it looks like 2005 okay and then they went to shootouts yes afterwards jr you want to come sit <laughs> this guy, I'm gonna get him. You'll go get, get Jr. Yeah, so we can just sit and chill out. Uh, Jacob Resnick is uh, is joining us in the studio now. We'll 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 have him sit on a mic here and and chime in as he feels necessary. How was class? Fantastic. It's great to be back in the <laughs> educational environment. You know, doing our thing. Last semester, ready to rock and roll. There we go. Got out a little early. You know, syllabus week. But, yeah. Uh, you said you weren't going to be on the Mac and Main show at all this semester, <laughs> and look at this that guy la- strolling lasted, in. That lasted like two hours. That <laughs> lasted eighteen minutes and forty-four seconds. That's all that lasted. I, we're super excited to have. Uh, we're super you, you excited to talk have, your talk. We're well, right now. We're talking about overtime and the NFL ah, and how yeah. it's just one good of the worst. Your, good thing I'm your football analyst. <laughs> <laughs> That's the guy was, who stopped doing fantasy football because he got pressured out of it. For watching all the games, I pressured too myself out of it. Pressured, yeah, yeah. We got out. Like that. We Listen, got out. My my only comment on the overtime stuff is: is that the worst part of the weekend, or is it the fact that the first three of the four games were decided by uh, kickers who step on the field for five percent of the games? Uh, when you got these dudes running all over the place for sixty minutes, throwing their three hundred pound bodies all on top of each other. And then, you know, it's a part of the that's game. That's tough. I feel like that's part that's of the game. That's a part game, of the though. game, though. I mean, yeah. it's part of a game, and so are the rules that they put in place. That that how overtime works. But overtime can get changed, and I mean, like, we can throw this right back and say, in baseball, you know, your best pitcher might be in the bullpen, and they step onto the field for you know three batters, and you know that's less than five percent of the game as well. So, 
Yeah, it's tough. Um, it's but like, I guess if you if you were to change the overtime rules so that both teams get a touch, even if there is a touchdown in the first possession, um, then you could theoretically have um, yeah, an, like an endless. I mean, like imagine- the point of the point of overtime is to end the game as quickly as like as quickly as possible. Like you don't want. Yes, in the in a case like the Chiefs Bills game last night, like you would want an extra fifteen minutes of that, right? But like a normal Jets, you know, Dolphins game in the regular season, like you don't need a whole uh, extra period. And if they're scoring touchdowns back and forth on each other in overtime, so so I'd agree with you, okay? Normally, and. You always agree with me. I do. You and you bring up you bring up really good points. And a lot of you, a lot of times you're like, hey, don't look at the minuscule games that don't matter, like a Jets Dolphins game. The only problem with that that I have is that because the NFL plays a quarter of its schedule in the postseason, every game during the regular season matters. So you can't you can't just uh, not give teams a the chance. Team, to what percentage of the teams though? You can't count. You can't. You gotta you gotta give equal opportunities to every teams, even the dog water teams. I mean, hell, yeah. I mean, the Detroit tied against Pittsburgh this year, and Pittsburgh went to the postseason, so. Yeah. And Detroit beat Arizona. Yeah. And Arizona was a top seed in the NFC for the, basically the entire season. Yep. Uh, so it's not all about how you start. It's about how you finish at the end of the day. And if you can't get an opportunity to finish, you know, you're, you're, you're walking around. You're walking around like, I, how is that fair? Yeah. How, how did I not get a chance to give my team an opportunity? Safety is what we were talking about before you got in here is that what the NFL basically is saying is because the game can end on a defensive score or a safety or a pick six or on a offensive touchdown, they're basically saying that an interception and a safety should happen as frequently as a touchdown. Or there should be an equal opportunity for you to be able to get a defensive touchdown as an opportunity yeah. to get an offensive touchdown, yep. which we, doesn't happen. We say no way because of no. the way the offensive game is evolving, you know? I don't think that's what they're saying, that they're equal. They're saying that on the rare chance that it does happen, it's just as valuable point-wise as it is for the offense to go down and score. You know, like, you well, know what I'm saying? So the game ultimately comes down to a 50-50 coin toss. That's, you know, you play, you have guys throwing their 300-pound bodies around, Running as fast as they can, and then it, and then it's a, and then, and then it's a quarter. I mean, devil's advocate, your defense should be good enough to get a stop. You know, yep. Whether you win the coin toss or not, you're right. They should, but that's not how the league trends. And Eric said it earlier: eleven out of ten games that went into overtime, ten ended, out of eleven, ten out of eleven games that go into overtime end in offensive touchdowns and within the first possession. And somehow they played the entire history of the NFL where you could march down and kick a field goal and win it. Yeah, which is even true. crazier to think about. So you know, yeah. the sports evolve. everything's evolving. Sports evolve over time. Even like baseball, uh, you know, extra innings rules. Which, by the way, I don't know if you saw a report about the runner on second, the rule? Frontier League, which is one of the independent leagues. Um, I don't. They have teams in the Midwest. They announced that they are implementing sudden death extra innings. I saw that. Did you see that? Did you I see did. the specifics? Of I just that? saw the headline. Okay, so they'll play one normal extra inning. Tenth inning is normal. No runner on second. Tenth inning is normal. If it goes to the eleventh, the home team do no more. No more uh, top or bottom. Eleventh inning, home team 
basically like a football coin toss gets to choose whether they want to hit or pitch and play the field. Whoever ends up hitting puts a runner on first. Mm-hmm. They get three outs to get that runner in or you know score it, whatever. If they score that runner or score it all, the game's over. The game's over. They win. If the pitching fielding team keeps that runner on first, they win. Oh, they don't not. They don't get another chance to hit. All they have to do is keep so that, that runner. That, but you get to pick which unit you want to use. As we're in the NFL, it's up to it's up to odds. Right. And yeah. You know where where you have the lineup that's coming up, the speed of the runner on first. Um, you know, your bullpen that you want to bring in, like there's a lot of strategy there, which I think is interesting. I think the overall point though is what that I was going to make when I first started talking about baseball is like the game evolves. If you had told someone in the 1950s that yes, extra innings games are going to be decided by a runner starting on second base, like that would have been crazy. And like it's like it's crazy to people now who have been watching baseball for that long, but like at a certain point, if they keep that rule, which I think they should and they will, if they keep that rule, then 50 years from now, like they'll just be baseball. It's like true. Football is football, the ties in hockey, you know, all that stuff that you were talking about. Right. And yeah. the only other, the only thing is, is, you know, it's the only sport that can end in a tie. And it's the only sport that. Soccer. Is American yeah. ma- mid major, or American major, excuse me. And it's the only sport where you don't give the offense an opportunity, you don't give both teams an opportunity to possess the ball in overtime. Because in baseball, it's extra innings. In basketball, there's a running clock. In the NHL, there's a running clock. It, the football, you have to give both your both units an opportunity to showcase how they can help your team win. And when Josh Allen is an MVP candidate for most of the season, he's got an all-world offense, and it's the defense that has to go out and get the stop on Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. That's just not fair. Yeah. All, all I'm saying is don't let... like Yes, you can definitely make this argument, and it's fine to make this argument, but like, don't let one of the most unique, uniquely <coughs> offensive dominant games that we've seen ever, especially in the playoffs, like there are Super Bowl matchups that haven't been as good as you know the two teams that, that we saw last night. Mm-hmm. Don't let the recency bias of that cloud you know, the urgency with which to change right. well, the rules. We talked about the 2018 AFC Championship game as another example of the Patriots and Chiefs where the Patriots won on a coin toss as well. So it's it's been, I don't know if Jack's you okay go, over, there. over there. Yeah, he's <laughs> coughing a lot. I choked on my water. Yeah, but, you know, it's just been other examples that Banner we're, just, we're just thinking about and we're, 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 we're pushing for. So Hey, if you guys want to get in on the conversation, you can call in 80, uh, 203-582-502. Five 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 two zero three five eight two five 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 five, or tweet us at Mac and Main. It's an interesting conversation. It's one that's yeah. not going to be forgotten. Right? Do we want to get into some predictions going into the? I do want to get into predictions, but before we get into the rest of the postseason, we got to shut one door here. Diehard Patriots fans, and then some dude who is from New York. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady has said that he's going, and this is the first time. We've heard Tom Brady's going into the offseason not knowing about his status in the league next year. He is toying with the idea of retirement. He obviously didn't expect his season to end the way it ended yesterday. However, uh, the reports are that if Brady had won a Super Bowl, he would be more inclined to walk away. He is not going to win the Super Bowl this year. But he has not ruled that he has coming that he is coming 
back. So the pros and cons of Tom Brady retiring and him coming back for an age 45 season done only once before at the quarterback position. Age 44, Brady has showed no signs of really slowing down. So I feel like 45 isn't too big of a jump, but you know we say that like it isn't, but it's crazy to think that he could be back for another year. But the way I see Brady and you know the way I see him, he's such a competitor. He doesn't want to go out like this, losing in the divisional round to the Rams, right? Like he had a great regular season, got the Bucks to the second seed, you know, with the Packers eliminated, he probably could have had, thought was thinking he probably had a chance to get back to the Super Bowl again at least. Um, that's a tough, that's a tough pill to swallow. And I think if it's Brady, you know, he wants to win. He wants to go out on top, get that, get that eighth ring. I think he's, I think he's coming back for one more ride. And the, the Arians also said earlier that he's going to do everything in his power to try to get most of that team back again. So I could, I see it happening. I see it one more time. The only thing is, is. The only thing that I believe would be holding Brady back, and this is going to sound totally oh, like le- out of left field from what we usually see from Tom Brady, I think it might be money, mm-hmm. if I'm being completely honest. He is probably going to win the MVP this year, and he has an opt-out where he could become an unrestricted free agent, where he would set the market for a one-year contract. Doesn't matter where he'd play, he wouldn't... He wouldn't he, he could, he will very likely be back in Tampa Bay. But should he exercise his op out and he goes and he signs a one year deal with the 49ers, the team he grew up loving, a one year contract with the Steelers, maybe, or somebody who really needs a quarterback, the Packers, even? I mean, he could, he could go out on top with a roster of his choice, is what, is what I'm trying to say, versus staying in Tampa Bay where there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of, you know, controversy surrounding Bruce Arians right now and how he's been handling uh, his staff. So there is a there is something to be said about Brady going and finding another opportunity to go out on top. But yeah, I mean, it's not like Brady to leave the game as, you know, as a loser. And he came oh so close to conducting the second greatest comeback in NFL history. Yeah. Against the Rams. And so it'll be interesting to pay attention to what Tom Brady wants to do. He's said multiple times he wants to play until he's 45. And that time has finally come. Yeah. Imagine that. I don't I can't think of anywhere else he could go besides besides Tampa. I mean, the 49ers are an interesting fit, but like now they're, you know, they're starting to build something with Trey Lance. Like, do you do you really want to bring in a veteran quarterback to delay his development? Um, that's a that's a good question. Um, the Packers would be interesting too, because you know, Aaron Rodgers is sort of hitting like hinting at he He's wants gone. out. Yeah. Um, you know, because basically unless, you know, he defined the situation as like, you know, I'm not coming back if the Packers are rebuilding. Like, we don't know what that means with considering there could be a lot of people that are heading out the Packers as well. They it, could be in a weird situation. In, so indeed, it, it, it's a it's a situation that I think it would that is going to be interesting and probably and it will be the biggest headline to follow uh, this NFL offseason along with where Aaron Rodgers will end up because yeah. Lord knows there's a lot of spots uh, for him out there. As well, you are listening to the Mac and Main Show on 98.1 WQAQ. So the rest of the NFL playoffs are set. We Anyone who had a bracket with the NFL playoffs definitely burned it after last night. Uh, so we got the San Francisco 49ers versus the Los Angeles Rams. For the third time this season, the Niners won both regular season matchups. The first one was a romping 31-10, and then they won a 27-24 game in overtime. 
Both wins, the 49ers forced Matt Stafford to throw interceptions and winning the turnover battle. It's really a game of one of the best defenses in the league versus one of the best offenses in the league. Usually the script goes defense will trump offense. However, Matt Stafford just found a way to beat Tom Brady and the great defense that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers possess. So it's a real nail-biter for for that game. Yeah, it's also very tough for any team to beat anyone three times in a row in the season, especially considering how good the Rams are offensively. Literally, Cooper Cup got down the field in like a couple plays, which set up a Matt Gay field goal, right? Yep. So this offense is dynamite. It's elite. Um, they also got a great defense, too. You can't ignore that. You can't ignore that with the additions of Von Miller and mm-hmm. guys like that. So I think I got to give the Rams this one, even though I really am vying for Jimmy Garoppolo to win as a Patriots fan. Right. But I think the Rams are going to take this one. The Patriots had three quarterbacks entering the NFL playoffs. Nobody expected Jimmy Garoppolo. To be the last one, yeah, <laughs> the last one standing. <laughs> Could you imagine? Um, that'll it, be an interesting matchup. The Rams don't make a ton of mistakes, and they haven't made them a ton, ton of mistakes in the last three weeks of the season. And they were virtually perfect against uh, Tampa Bay yesterday. Just a couple of miscues offensively uh, led to the, their comeback, but then two huge receptions from Cooper Cup uh, on from Matt Stafford, and, and that was probably more poor defensive play calling than uh, than it was execution on the yeah, part. Yeah, man-to-man on, on cup, <laughs> light open down the field. Yeah, like, that's that, not a smart no, play. With no safety help, I, that doesn't yeah. make sense. But nonetheless, Matt Stafford is one of the best field generals in the NFL. He's one of the best field generals of the last decade. He's just happened to play for the Lions for the past 10 years. And uh, he if there's anyone who runs an offense that could beat the San Francisco 49ers, it's going to be Matt Stafford. And with Nick Bosa banged up still uh, from the concussion he suffered in uh, in Dallas, you don't ex- you might not have that defense at full strength, which is definitely the focal point of the 49ers. So yeah, I, the Rams is a very good pick, but with the playoffs going the way they're going and the Niners really kind of falling into this situation, no one really expected them to be there. If Dak didn't run the ball on fourth down with ten seconds to go, the Cowboys would be in this position and if Aaron Rodgers has one better possession than he had in a thir- in a game where he only put up 10 points then the Packers are in this situation so the Niners really fall into this place with a lot of luck but and and Matt Stafford's got one of the best offensive offensive games in in the entire league yeah we were both going with uh we're both going with the Rams second championship game is Kansas City will be hosting the Cincinnati Bengals Joey Bucket Burrow. Joe Burrow. Joey Legends. Joe Burrow. Joe. <laughs> um, don't ever do that again. <laughs> what are you, Cardi B up in here? Cardi B up in here? Yeah. It's a new soundbite for the for the board. There you go. Joe Burrow. I have, yeah, to come in, I have to come in and record that. Uh, Joe Burrow is, uh, no, it's already recorded. Trust me. Oh, sweet. Uh, Joe Burrow in his, first, uh, in his first NFL playoffs has taken the Cincinnati Bengals into the championship game. They already defeated the number one seed. In the Tennessee Titans, so what? What? What more do they have to lose? They have a real legit chance at beating Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I think the Titans came in as a little bit of a uh, underwhelming number one seed, though, because the AFC was so close and so contested throughout the year. Even the Patriots were the number one seed at one point of the year. <laughs> it's so. late in the season too. Yeah, so that just goes to show how tight it was. But no, kudos to to Joe Burrow. He's been really solid. You know, this whole season and. You know, all that stuff to getting the Bengals to this point. You know, had some great outings against the Raiders and the Titans. But uh, I've been I've been 
thinking the Chiefs have been the team in the AFC for like weeks leading up to this point. And I, and I still think that they are just because of how dynamite their offense is. When all three of those main guys, Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill are all on, they are super tough to stop. And we saw that in that Bills game where, like I said, literally scored in 13 seconds yep. left to go to tie a field, to get a field goal to tie a game. Craziness. With that experience, that playoff experience, and how talented Mahomes is, this is his fourth straight AFC Championship game that he's hosted, I believe, which is crazy. It's going to be tough for the Bengals. You know, as good as Joe Burrow's been, he's still inexperienced. Uh, the Bengals team is still very inexperienced in general. Yep. I think it's got to be the Chiefs coming out of here. So I'm Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow played at LSU, man. Yeah, I, 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 I was going to say Arrowhead is a little is a little park for for him. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, like I, I see what you mean by a professional standard. Yeah, he's inexperienced, but this is a guy who had the balls to change his last name. <laughs> From the, tra- the traditional spelling to the French spelling, just because in the national championship game. So uh, he's been in bigger moments than this before, and he's been the best player on the field in those bigger moments. And the last time he faced the Chiefs, threw for over 500 yards. So I, def- I definitely see Joe Burrow, who may have won Jamar Chase the rookie of the year by the end of the season. Really taking it to the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City struggled a little bit against Buffalo. That game was tight up until you know, the game was tight, just straight up the whole time. And and Kansas City really had to, and Buffalo really came back and put a hurt on to them. And and and, and Cincinnati has a better has a better offense, excuse me, than Buffalo does. So you can really see Jamar Chase doing a number on that who, Chiefs who secondary. Did, who did Kansas City let catch four touchdowns? Jamar Chase. No, no, no. Yesterday, last night. Oh, Emmanuel Sanders? No, McKenzie. Probably McKenzie. Yeah, McKenzie. No, caught. on the on the Bills. Yeah, Isaiah McKenzie. Isaiah McKenzie. Wasn't it? Is no, no, no. Let's look this up real quick. The, the guy who no one had heard of, Gabriel. Gabriel Davis. Gabriel Davis, the random dude. <laughs> just drop, just drop four touchdowns. Yeah, and I NFL thought it was pl- Isaiah McKenzie. NFL playoff record. Gabriel Davis. Yeah, not even two hundred yards, four touchdowns, eight receptions. Not even Jerry Rice did that. Crazy. So, yeah, no, I'm not saying the Chiefs defense is great by any <laughs> means, but I will say this. Mahomes is coming with vengeance because remember what happened last year to the Buccaneers to the Chiefs. This guy is angry. He is hungry. He wants it back this year because he knows how good of a player he is. And he sees that the Bucs aren't there anymore. And NFC opponents that are the pretty beatable to the Chiefs to take on, one more game in his way here in the AFC, I got to go Mahomes. Mahomes, Mahomes has that magic. edge. Mahomes also has that edge too. Mahomes does have that edge. <clears throat> has yeah. that edge. This will also be an offensive thriller, and this also could yep. come down to another overtime. This could, and it could come down to kickers as well. And the you know the the, the Bengals have been in have been in these tight situations already in these playoffs. They traveled to the they traveled to Tennessee to beat the Titans, and and now they're in a situation where they just go from predictably the better AFC team to the one that was right behind them and had to play an extra playoff game. So I really do believe that Cincinnati would be the team to take down Pat Mahomes because if Pat Mahomes wins, I believe he's going and he's going to go cruise into the Super Bowl. So uh, an interesting an interesting debate, and we're going to get all that action next Sunday. So we will break down championship weekend next Monday right here on the Mac and Main Show. We're going to take a brief pause when we come back. NBA trade deadline is right around the corner. Yeah, holy cow. Can you believe it? We've got some bone-shattering trade opportunities 
for almost all the teams that at least we care about in the southern New England hemisphere. You're listening. I know way too many people here right now that I didn't know last year. Who the fuck are y'all? I swear it feels like the last few nights. We've been everywhere and back, but I just can't remember it all. What am I doing? What am I doing? Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm doing me. I'm doing me. I'm living life right now, man. And this is what I'm going to do till it's over. Till it's over. It's far from over. All right, bottles on me. Long as someone drink it. Never drop the ball. Y'all thinking, making sure the young money ship is never sinking. About to set it all, set it all. Jada Pinkett, I shouldn't have drove. Tell me how I'm getting home. You too fine to be laying down in bed alone. I can teach you how to speak my language, Rosetta Stone. I swear this life is like the sweetest thing I've ever known. About to go thriller, Mike Jackson on these. All I need is a fucking red jacket with some zippers. Super good Smith. We are back on the Mac and Main Show on 98.1 WQAQ for our second half of this show. I'm Eric Kerr alongside my lovely co-host Jack Main. Jacob Resnick happened to join in studio with us after his late night Monday class. We started off with some NFL talk and now we're going to switch it up to the NBA with some major trade deadline news, some potential scenarios, some interesting stuff going on. Obviously the whole Ben Simmons situation, where could he go? Obviously, you know, the Celtics problem sitting at around the 10 seed. How could they improve their roster and the Bradley Beal saga with him leave probably potentially leaving the wizards in the off season. So a lot of stuff to hit. Uh, I don't know where you want to start first, Jack. <laughs> uh, we got to start. We got to start uh, up in uh, up at the garden. All up right, at garden. I like that. Because, I like that. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll get the Knicks. We'll get the Knicks fan club in here um, momentarily. Uh, see what they can do to get uh, <laughs> to get Zion Williamson up to the up to the Madison Square Garden. But right now, uh, Boston Celtics sitting at the ten seed. Right now, it doesn't really matter how you slice it. This Tatum Brown. Smart. Celtics are actually eight right now, I believe. They're oh, they moved. They into moved eight. up after their win last night. Dang. Which Taysom Tatum actually had a good scoring game for once. Fifty-one points, an efficient shooting. Yeah, that's a, that's a rarity. <laughs> that's around, a rarity this season because Jason Tatum actually leads the league in field goals missed. He just puts oh, up really? a, wow. he puts up a lot of spot a, a lot of shots, and thinking he's going to get results when it clearly just is not. Working. He can be a little bit ball hoggish at times, and it has hurt yeah. the Celtics more than it has helped them this season. So I kind of want to I want to ask, you know, what are we looking for from Boston? Is it moving one guy and not the other, or is it moving both and cleaning house? Well, I have my opinions on this. I'm, this is your your segment, and, and JR is going to come in here too, I'm sure, and, well, and be like, well, trade, trade everybody. <laughs> my opinion is to trade Tatum uh, just because of the inefficiencies. Granted, they are still young. So there is still time where they could fix itself out. But I don't think it will happen because I've dug some deep digging and it looks like the Celtics are not interested in trading those two main pieces at all in Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. But something that's interesting to look at in terms of what happened with the recent Bull Bull trade that could help out for next season to get a guy like Bradley Beal potentially in free agency is how the All-Star works out. Um, there's actually an interesting situation where the Celtics would be lose money if Jalen Brown becomes an all-star this year because 
you would get a bonus for being in the All-Star game. So right now their salary sits about $2.8 million above the luxury tax. But if Brown becomes an All-Star, that would fall to $1.9 million. So I guess if you're a Celtics fan, you're interested about you know potentially moving guys at the deadline to get more space for a superstar in free agency. You don't want Jalen Brown to become an All-Star, which is crazy to me because Jalen Brown has been the more efficient player than Tatum has been this year. More deserving of an All-Star. But if you're looking for the long term, the future, because let's face it, the Celtics team is not going to get to the uh, make a deep playoff run or get to the NBA finals all the seasons. So if you're thinking of long term, long future, that is an interesting move for you right there. Um, what, what helped with that already is that when the Celtics dealt Juancho's contract, it actually freed up their cap space a little bit to get some future guys that they could you know, use as trade bait or maybe they get healthy and be able to, to use them in a bull bull and PJ Dozier. Um, but, you know, in terms of my mind, I'd say, you know, find value now for Tatum when, especially after he just scored a 50 point game, find value now to try to maybe get a, a, a key star that you could join up with Brown that is able to be more of a facilitator for him, um, rather than rest on your laurels. But it's tough to say that when he just went out and dropped 50 and we know of the scoring potential that he has. And it's an interesting situation regarding Jalen Brown's contract because he, he if he makes an all-star team, he'll he'll get his bonus, but he also has to play 65 games this season. Uh, so he has to hit both of those marks, which means he cannot miss more than three games. And the Celtics roster has usually been uh, fairly prone to just some like knick-knacky injuries. And Jalen Brown has been a guy who's been on that wrist. He had... Uh, yep. list. He had wrist surgery uh, just last season, uh, yeah. and and of course Tatum and and Smart have have their have their injuries that occur throughout the season. But that's the case with just about any NBA player uh, nowadays. So it's an interesting it's an interesting theory. And you thought we all thought that Ime Adoka would come in here and he would kind of right the ship that was taking on a lot more water than they could bail. But uh, as it sits right now, the Celtics are are not going to be one of those yeah. teams dancing and that's in, no in fault May. to Ime because he's only a first year coach with a roster that was pretty depleted from from what it was last year uh, I think another guy that could be moved is actually didn't think of earlier is Dennis Schroeder um, he's got a cheap contract this year but that's because he didn't perform the way he would have liked to in Los Angeles and he's someone that's definitely peaking a little bit at the right time as well so you know in order to avoid maybe paying him a big offload of money try to find something cheap for him now too uh, that could be a consideration especially if the Celtics are still here tottering around this 8-10 spot, maybe give them a little bit more time before the deadline to see if they can get higher because that East is still fairly close with the, how the teams are stacking up, regardless, like, with the exception of the top couple teams. The Celtics are only like two, three games behind, uh, which is fairly surprising. So that's always something to watch as we go forward. I would love for any Celtics fan to stare Jalen Brown in the face and say, I don't want you to make the All-Star team. Because it helps our salary cap. <laughs> That's not going to happen. No. Is that the case in baseball? Do you lose salary cap if your guys make the all-star team? Uh, and like win MVPs? Bo- bonuses. Uh, all-star bonuses do count towards luxury tax calculation. But it's it would never be anything of consequence that would affect a team's ability to make moves or anything. It's, yeah, because it's, it's not a big like gap yeah. at the end of the day, like 2.8 to 1.9. It's just the 0.9 difference. But with how low the Celtics are in the luxury tax because of paying all, you know, paying Robert Williams, paying Marcus Smart, paying Jalen Brown, and then, you know, getting all these guys in one-year deals, you know, this season, they are very low in the money. So in order to help them out, I, 
it, it makes a big difference in the long run, considering how much money they have. Two hours down the interstate, and the New York Knicks are already active on the market. They just traded for Cam Reddish. He joins former Duke teammate R.J. Barrett. Now, this completes two of the three needed to recreate the amazing season that uh, Zion, Cam Reddish, and R.J. Barrett had at Duke back in 2018-2019. Jacob Resnick, what does it take to get Zion to come to the Big Apple? Uh, probably way too much than they probably should give up, and I don't think the Pelicans are looking to move him. So I think that is a... That's a Knicks fan Photoshop dream that is not going to happen. But I do think the Knicks should be thinking about continuing to make moves that improve their team um, and not focus on a pipe dream like uh, trading for Zion. I think the the Cam move, like, yes, it is cool that he's reuniting with, with RJ, and I think that's more of a coincidence than anything. Um, but it's an example of them continuing to add to their young core, which they're they're building, which is... Um, you know, the, the next Knicks team that is competing for, uh, you know, top of the Eastern Conference is not going to be one that is led by Julius Randle. It's going to be one that is built on the foundation that they're starting to build uh, and that they have started to build. But um, the rest of the roster is not uh, in a place where it's going to be competing, you know, for for you know, the Milwaukee's with the, with the Milwaukee's and the, the Brooklyn's of the world anytime soon. So, um, they need to keep, you know, building out the, the young guys that are going to help them not only now, like Cam, but also in the future. Yeah. I saw Randall in a protected first as a potential trade for Zion. No. Why? Like what? <laughs> they probably, it's probably more of a long-term thing. Uh, you know, when I think of that <coughs> deal, maybe it's rather a, a sign thing rather than a, um, like a, a trade, sign, a sign like, trade. Like a sign, like, why, would the, why would the Pelicans do that? <laughs> like, I mean, not a, maybe not a sign trade. Maybe more of just like when Zion's uh, rookie contract is up, because he's voiced to the media that he would love to join up with RJ at some point, and he likes the playing in New York City like almost as much as he likes playing with the Pelicans. But you could tell it is the way he was talking in the press conference that he loves playing in MSG. He loves the environment. He knows his Duke teammates are now there. So the future for that is definitely possible. Zion, is it right Zion, now? Zion needs to focus on staying on the court. That's the yes. Before, that's, he can, yes. before he can start requesting yes. trades. That's the main thing. But here's my also kind of caveat that I'm thinking in the back of my head. What if the main reason that Zion's not back in the court right now is because he wants to, you know, focus on getting healthier for the long term? Because he said at some point, like closer to last season, that he, he could be back in the court right now. But now they've re reevaluating him again for another four to six week time frame, which is about entering the middle phase. So rather than rushing himself back to play with the Pelicans this season, he's thinking in the long term and saying, how can I get to New York? How can I get to my buddy RJ? That's a speculation. I'm just thinking about that, but it's interesting. It is. It is. And and it's, it's a, it's a unique situation. That's really just kind of goes just to the NBA because a lot of times in, in baseball, we don't see guys become free agents until they're 30 at times. Uh, and then in the NFL, a lot of guys, their careers are, are over after their rookie contract, unless you're a big-time star who, who's who's deserving of a big payday. So the NBA is really the only league uh, like that that you can get yourself uh, uh, in, in a leverage situation before your rookie contract uh, is up like that. Ben Simmons. Uh over in Philadelphia, this saga has been going on for 
the entire season. He has not seen the court at all. The only time we saw Ben Simmons in Sixers capacity was at a practice that he very clearly did not want to be at, and he kind of did the drills at half speed. Joel Embiid is playing like an MVP right now, dropping 30 and 50 consistently, uh, and he likes the way that the Sixers are playing right now, and that's got to be a big that's got to be a big thing, a big factor in in Doc Rivers' decision to go out and, and make a move. So does it make sense for the Sixers to trade Simmons now or wait until the end of the season? I think it's an, an end of the season thing. I, I and as Abid said, if your star is saying don't change anything, then I think Daryl Morey is probably thinking don't change anything. And we know how Morey is too. He always is looking for a finesse or some little sneaky way to get a, a, a better motive out of a star or a player he's trading for. He He's trying to shoot a little bit higher for Ben Simmons than we're all thinking right now, considering it's a guy that has been struggling to, you know, I don't know if it's mental health issues. I don't want to get too much into that, but the fact that he hasn't played a whole season, those expectations for how good he could be is definitely dropped a lot lower than what Maury is thinking of because he wants someone like a Jalen Brown or a star to get in return, and no team is willing to make him that offer because of how he's been reacting to the whole thing, and he's been not, he hasn't been playing. So, you know, you got to consider that. I think at the end of the day, Maury's not going to touch it. And it's it's an interesting situation indeed, and it's another guy who is not playing on his rookie con- or playing on his rookie not playing on his rookie contract, right? He signed an extension, and now he's yep. and now he's now he's upset with the whole situation, and uh, the Sixers don't really seem to want to do anything to fix it. And why should they? And no, why should they? They ain't broke to fix. Right? They are currently sitting at sixth, but only two and a half games out of first place. Okay, boys and girls. It is time for us to get on to the Blitz for six. We only have about four minutes, so it's going to be more like a Blitz for four. But uh, first things first, Quinnipiac men's ice hockey. They dropped out to number two, but they held that number one position for two weeks. Yaniv Peretz with six shutouts in nine games leading up to yesterday's overtime loss against Cornell. The boys are buzzing, losing only two games so far this season, and they're they have a very easy schedule remaining on uh, what will definitely end up in a Cleary Cup championship for them. The next game, the People's United Center, is simply going to be packing with fans, and I'm looking forward to it. But let's jump to baseball. The Major League Baseball and Players Association is set to meet again tomorrow for its latest lockout. Negotiations have resumed today and reportedly went well, according to multiple reports. The sides agreed to drop the, the age for agency discussion which is Jack's biggest priority. And Red Sox legend David Ortiz is the leading vote-getter right now for the MLB Hall of Fame, which is supposed to take place tomorrow as well. He has 84% of the ballots in his favor so far. Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are also both in by slimmer margins. Their last year's on the ballot. Kurt Schilling looks like he's going to miss the Hall. Epic collapse for one of the greatest pitchers in postseason history, and certainly Red Sox history, no doubt. Exactly. Three-time World Series champion, and he has two of the greatest World Series ever. Uh, on his on his resume, five star linebacker decommits from Texas A and M. Oh boy, Harold Perkins, a five star linebacker recruit, will no longer be headed to Texas A and M next year. Perkins, the number four overall prospect in the 2022 class, and the best outside linebacker at six three two ten. Oh, 
big bully. Uh, the commitment was only a recent one as he made his initial decision back on the 2nd of January after the Under Armour All-American game. He saw Kevin Marfo left and he was like, I'm Hey, Quinnipiac, you want a football team? <laughs> <laughs> well, fans of college basketball will be sad to hear no more Dickie V in the ESPN Airways for the rest of the season. It's because he's taking the year off in preparation for his surgery to treat dysplasia, which is an infection on his vocal cords. While he's sad he won't be able to commentate, he said that he put himself on vocal rest for the past three weeks, which has helped reduce the inflammation in his throat by 60%. Best, I, of I, to Dick, best of luck to Dickie V. Best of luck to Dickie V, and I doubt we would hear his voice on an, on an ESPN college basketball broadcast again unless it's for one final send-off. But uh, what a legendary broadcasting career for one of the best to ever do it, and one of the most iconic voices in uh, sports history. Canucks hire the franchise's first female manager. The Vancouver Canucks hired, oh, here we go, Emily Castongue, <laughs> the second woman in NHL history to become an assistant general manager. Castongue becomes the first woman in Canucks history to serve in the position after Angela Gorgon. Gorgon? JR's over here. let Jack pronounce names. Yeah. Yeah, I should have taken I, this one. <laughs> Gorgon was the first to be promoted to the position uh, with the Anaheim Mighty Ducks back in 96. Jim Rutherford, Vancouver's president of hockey operations, says, that she will play a lead role in player contract and negotiation. What a what a day! What a what a month for women in sports. Indeed, the, the Yankees hired the first female minor league manager in the sports history. So very cool. What, what's her name? Let's jump to the NCAA men's <laughs> basketball rankings. Auburn usurps Gonzaga for the number one spot after a big time win against number twelve Kentucky. Arizona and Baylor round out the rest of that top four. And some other major risers in the rankings include Tennessee from 24 to 18, UConn right around the corner from 25 to 20, and my Providence Friars from 21 to 17, while Iowa State and Illinois had the biggest drop-offs from about eight to seven spots. If you're a Mac basketball fan, pay attention to those Iano Gales. They received one vote in the AP polls this weekend. What? This week. So what a game cool. we saw. The Iona Gales, they came down to Quinnipiac uh, just yesterday, and we got to, it was a great game. It was a close game up until about 10 minutes to go, and Quinnipiac did their usual let's fall off at the very end of games. Um, but it was great to see Quinnipiac be competitive against the supposed just runaway favorite for the MAC. And, you know, Quinnipiac's up there third right now in the conference, and they have a real legit shot come, uh, come AC time. Yeah, I would like to see, you know, I, you know, I would see some more offense operating for Kevin Marfo as a ball handler in the future because apparently it gave Rick Patino the willy jillies before the game. <laughs> he did. So, Rick uh, Patino said he lost a lot of sleep trying to figure out how to uh, conquer yeah. this Quinnipiac offense. All right, boys and girls, we are going to wrap up. This is our first week of, sh- of of shows being back, at least just manager shows. You're laughing at me. What'd you say? No. No, I was just laughing we're about laughing Patino. At, at Ricky Rick. Ricky, Ricky, Ricky Rat. Rick. Ricky the Rat. <laughs> Uh, if you guys ever miss an episode of the Mac and Main Show, you can find them wherever you find your podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere on the internet. Go follow us on Twitter at Mac and Main. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to us on YouTube. And if you feel inclined, you can go hunting for the Mac and Main WordPress blog. Has not been active since June of last year. But go out there. It's Go find it. It's super dope, super chill. Be sure to go follow Jacob underscore Resnick on Twitter. You know what I'm going to say. He doesn't have enough followers. Um, that's really it. Say something funny. Top, 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 top. Top of the morning. Top of the morning. Top of the morning. Top of the morning. 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 All righty. Peace out, boys and girls. We'll try to be better next week. So long.